0: So we're, we're starting a new series, uh, Love Is. Yeah, love's a, an interesting topic, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to delving into it, this series. But I just want to start with 1 Corinthians 13, uh, one, one, uh, verse 1 to 3. Uh, it says this, If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now I'm sure many of us have probably heard these at weddings. Maybe Pete's going to have it on his wedding coming up. But what is Paul trying to say here? Now, just to understand, um, if you've read Corinthians and gone through Corinthians, there was a lot of unloving happening. Uh, for example, there were some that were going to, to court to take, you know, a brother in Christ, taking him to court. That um, doesn't show a lot of love to the other person. We know that uh, one of them was sleeping with his mother, uh, stepmother, uh, again, or mother-in-law it was. Uh, again, doesn't show a lot of love. And so here, Paul, um, and also they were operating in gifts, um, and they were so focused, and they were working in the gifts, but they didn't have love. So Paul's trying to say that you can speak in tongues. You know, I know there's many in our church that speak in tongues. You can have revelations from God, like visions and dreams. You can have faith that can move mountains, and you know, i've seen people that have this faith that can move mountains you can have all the knowledge in the world you can be generous but if you don't have love it means nothing the world that we live in it values the things we do the gifts we have the knowledge we have even generosity but god values love. You know, we live in a world that values intellect and power over love. We elevate people based on what they know and honour what people do. You know, I think if you're sitting at a a dinner table, and I've seen this many times, and maybe Papa's going to experience this when he finishes his degree and becomes a doctor, but as soon as someone says that, "Yeah, I'm a doctor, it's like, wow, we're going to elevate this person above everyone else on the table. Because we often value what they do or who they are. And this is just the world we kind of live in. And and I think as, as, as sometimes we get caught up in this and we want to be valued by what we do. But this is not what God does. God doesn't do this. See, And I think often our intellect or power, we often think that equals maturity. Knowledge equals maturity. But as Christians, maturity is not measured by knowledge. Depending what you mean by knowledge, it can be knowledge towards God. But maturity, Christian maturity is measured by the love we have for people and the love we have for God. Love is the measure of maturity in the Christian world. In the kingdom of God. So I'm going to ask you this question Are we known for our love? Do we live love? Do we strive to love in all we think, say, and do? I believe love must fuel everything. Jesus said, People will know that you are my followers by the way you love each other. Sadly, I've read an article that says that Christians are more known for their judgmentalism over their love. This is in Australia. Doesn't that break your heart? That's what we're known for. We aren't known for our love. So over this series, we're going to look at, because I truly believe everything we do has to revolve around this love, this love we have for people, this care. But where does love come from? Why should we love? 1 John 4, and if you ever want to look at love and what it means, read 1 John, uh, John called the Apostle of Love. He says this, we love because he first loved us. Uh, And he also says this, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. I just want to come back to it. Where is the starting point? Where does it start? It starts with God. Not me. Love starts with God. Why? Because God is love. He is love. It's not an attribute of God. God is love. That's who he is, the being. And and John continues, he talks about in 1 John 4 verse 7, he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So, how do we know? How do we know God's love? How do we be in His love? It's through the knowledge of God. As we get to know God more, we will know His love more. You know, an example for me: I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my, my uh, parents were really dedicated Christians, but along the journey, I think I, I was in that judgmentalism mindset, thinking I was better than others. And it wasn't until I actually did the, the internship with the church, and I, as I was sitting and, and reading the Word, and reading with Josh, and going through the Gospel, and just learning about Jesus, as I got to know more about Christ, who is God, my heart started to change, I just couldn't explain. I was just as I just knew more about God, this this person and had this relationship, my whole heart started to just just change completely. And I started to view people in a different eyes. I, I started to, you know, not look at them as I was better than them. I actually started to say, you know what, I am no different to them. And here God loves me. So, what is, the, what is the source of love in my life? What is the source of your love in your life? For us, it should be our connection with God, knowing God. Verse 9 it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 15, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. I I love that Uh, That bit there, if if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them. So I I want us to understand, see, we live in this world that thinks love is a transaction. Thinks love is a transaction. And what I mean by that is you do this for me and I'll do this for you. And I think sometimes as believers we do the same thing. If I do this for God, God will love me more. And so it's become about doing, which is what the world is about. And and then we think we're going to be acknowledged by the things we do. But what the gospel message is, is that God already loved us. Before we even were formed, he loved us. And so his love is not transactional. His love is transformational it transforms, it changes us, it changes the people around us. And this is what God's love does. See, I think there can be two kind, kinds of people when it comes to love and, and we'll see it. So there are those that, and I'm talking about believers, you know, they say they love God. Oh, I love God. You know, often on the Sunday, they're putting their hands up and then, but there is no action. Through the week, they're not showing that same love that we should be showing. That's what it talks about here. They, they're, they're cursing their brother and sister during the week. They're talking badly about the church. They're talking badly about the runs. That, that would actually say to me that they truly don't love God. They don't have a relationship with God. And then there can be those on the other side that are putting into action the love for others. They're serving people. They're caring for people. But you can be doing those actions without having a relationship with God because you're, you're trying to seek, you're trying to find God's approval or you're trying to find God's approval in other people. You're trying to do it for, for people to notice you. And that can also not be out of a love. Whereas the middle ground is we have this love and relationship with God that we learn to receive. And from that, we are transformed and we step out and Love others. And that's the gospel message. Somewhere between those two scales we've we've missed the mark. And so we don't do things out of obligation that some have done. That's not the love that God wants. But what is love? There's an interesting question. Actually, I I want you to just turn to the person next to you and give your definition on what love is. What is it? Just just chat a little bit, see what you think love is. All right. Does anyone want to share out some of their, what they thought or definitions? Yeah. Well, I would say that that is true, but they're the characteristics of love. Is that the definition of love? So we will be going through that. Anyone have a go at trying to define love? Yeah. That's a good one. Good, Padma. To be, yeah, now to be honest, in our English language, can I be honest, it is very hard to define love. Love has changed the word. And, to, and I'm not going to sit here and give you the perfect English language because I honestly think there are many meanings to that word. If, if To look at the dictionary, the Merriam-Webster dictionary, uh, the word they give for love has been defined as a strong affection for another. But as we know, that has broadened, that has evolved. I mean, what are some things you hear now? Love. What What do you love? Cake? Yeah. Cat? There are lots of things we say we love. Uh, and that, yes, that is a strong affection, but is this the love that God is talking about? Does he say that, you know, a love for cake is the same for loving a person. Um, and, and is it an emotion? Is it a state of being, a choice, an ability, a force, or all the above? It's a, it's a very hard thing to define. But I, wanna, I want us to look at the, what the Bible talks about love. Um, and, and to be honest, the ancient Greeks, they had... They had many meanings for love as well. So they actually had four common. I actually read it the other day that they could have up to six to eight words for love. Um, And we do too. Like we have some uh, things that could reference to love as well. Like we said, affection, which is a definition, but also you could say affection is love or there are many definitions, but the one that I want to really talk about that we see in scripture majority of the time, and there's four common ones the Greeks used. Um, That was eros, which is meaning... Sexual or erotic, that's one word for love. Interesting, I didn't know this, but Scripture doesn't actually use that at all, that word. We don't see it in Scripture at all. Um, storge, which is affection. Uh, again, that is minimal, not used very often in Scripture. But the two that were is filio, which is friendship, and agape, which is the majority that we see. So when we when we see that word agape, which means what, they are strong accordance, if you want to read. The word agape means unconditional, which is what Papa was talking about, divine and selfless. And this is the love that God talks So when it says God is love, it says God is agape. This is the word we're looking for. And this is the one I want to talk in, and this is what we're going to look at. The Agape is, love is. So I know there's other loves, but we're going to focus on this one because I believe this is the love that God is talking about. Um, and this is the love that it's been referenced here that we just we just looked at a scripture. Um, so the most common word is, is is agape, and what like Papa said, so it's unconditional, meaning no strings attached. It's not based on what someone does for you. That transaction, it's selfless. And so, how do we know? How can we know that this is what it means? Well, we know that it says that you know, God is love. And how did he show that? Because you want to understand this as well. Agape isn't just a feeling. In fact, some would say it's not a feeling. It's an action. When it says love is patient, that word love there is a verb. It's a doing word. See, I often think sometimes in the church or Christians, they're waiting for the feeling before they put the action in. Sometimes we, we, we may not always feel it, but we know that this is who God is and this is the action we put into place. And how do we know that God is these things? Because Jesus came and did it. He is the, he is the prime example of what love is. It's he Jesus, God in flesh, came to this world. He came to show God's love. He came to serve he came to demonstrate that love is giving and generous and sacrificial. And, and no one, like you've got to understand that Jesus came and did these things and we hadn't done anything for him. We were sinners. Why did we deserve that? Why did the people at the time deserve that? No, because he did it because he already loved us. It was unconditional. It was divine. It was selfless. And here Jesus lays down his life for us. Love is laying down your life for the other. This is the love that we're talking about in Scripture. Jesus is a person we imitate. This is the love that we're going to talk about over this this series. This is the love that I, I want us to understand. And I want us to understand because We don't have to work for God's love. You know, I don't want you to go away from this series, I need to work harder for God's love. We need to learn to receive God's love. Because he already loves us. Now, there is a message going out there that, uh, and I was even talking to Dan about this before, God loves you just the way you are. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. God loves you, yes, where you are currently, but he calls us to the perfect creation we were meant to be. Our sin has distorted his perfect creation, and he calls us up. But even though that we our our sin has caused us this disorder, and where we are currently, he still loves us, because we are sons and daughters. And when we come to Christ... Because Christ laid his life for us, when we believe in him, we give our life to him, we receive that blessing. We receive his righteousness. He makes us right. And when he transforms us, when we receive him, we transform into a person that he originally created us to be. Does that make sense? And so that transformation will we'll make us to, that God who want us to be that perfect. And we'll never be perfect. We'll always have sin. But He doesn't want us to stay in our sin. But we need to learn to receive Him. We need to let Him transform us. We need to let go of our sin. We need to let go of the things that are holding us back from His love. You know, I I have many things that have have blocked my way to God. You know, that stopped me from fully experience him and his love. But I had to learn who God is. I had to learn and know more about him and how he does love me and receive that love. I'll give you an example. Uh, forgiveness. We need to learn to receive God's forgiveness. And... When we can and we understand his forgiveness, we'll be able to forgive others better and easy. See, I often think those Christians in, in, this, in the world that struggle to forgive others, often they, they are struggling to forgive themselves or forgive, receive the forgiveness that God's given them. And so before maybe trying to learn how to forgive others, maybe you need to learn how God can forgive you. You know, kindness. Kindness. Maybe you struggle to be kind to others. I just want to remind you, God was kind to you, and you need to receive His kindness. You know maybe uh, you're struggling to be patient with others. I want to remind you God was patient with you. Remember where you were. Remember where you've been. Maybe you're in the middle of it now, and you're struggling, and you're battling. And God is being patient. He is loving you, walking with you. And I I think when we understand the patience he has for us, that should be an overflow from our hearts to others. And how does he do that? He gives us the Holy Spirit. When we receive him, we receive his Holy Spirit. When we believe in Christ, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And Scripture talks about being full of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? I also believe that means full of His love, because God is love, Holy Spirit is love, and when He's in us, you know, we will be full of His Spirit, and so we need to let the Spirit live in us. And and I when I when I read Acts, when those guys were were chosen because they were full of the Spirit, I think it's because not just because you know they're, they're working in the spiritual gifts but because of the love they had for people. (laughs) They knew they could trust the money to them because they knew that they would equally care for those people because they had the same love God had for them. See, the problem in Acts in that situation is some were favouring others over the other people. And so the apostles selected seven men full of the Holy Spirit. You could nearly say full of God's love. Because that's what God wants us to do. That's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be love. He wants us to be like Christ. He wants us to be saturated with Jesus. There's a guy that, and we we watched this early in the year, and I'm going to finish up. Um, There's a guy that uh, talked about how we should be saturated with Jesus. And he gave this uh, vision of of being a sponge. Uh, And he says, we need to be soaked sponges that releases Jesus whenever we interact with people. So how do we do that? We be closer with God. We get to know him. And as we spend time praying, spending time in his presence When we go out, we will be an overflow. We will be a sponge to those around us. You know, when people say hurtful things to us, we'll have the overflow of God's love in us that they won't affect us. We will already be forgiving them because we are full of the Spirit. We're full of that because God, uh, He's forgiving And when we go into this series, um, we're going to be talking into these things. So we're going to talk about the love's attributes. Today we're talking about what love is. It's unconditional. It's it's selfless. And then we're going to talk about the attributes. And some of the guys are going to talk about love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Why does love never fail? Because God is eternal. As song, a song of songs says, love, love conquers death. It means that love is eternal. It never, it is because God is love. He's eternal. And he's, that is what he's called us to be, is love, and be in his love. Just one thing, I was, as I was sitting and praying over there, I just, I don't know, had this feeling that, there may be some in the room that going, well, I've never experienced God's love. What does it mean to have God's love and be transformed? I don't get that. And and I understand it's, maybe you've been on a hard journey. And as I was sitting there, I just, God gave me a vision. And maybe this might help you and maybe it won't, but it helped me. (laughs) And it was a vision of, just sitting there and looking up at the stars. I don't know if you've ever just gone out and looked at the sky. I don't know about you, when I got out of the city, I just cannot just, how can we not just look at the stars and go, wow. God, you are big. You are amazing. You know, I, They keep finding more galaxies, more planets, and yet they have not found life. And I just felt God say to me in that moment is that I made this to show you who I am. To show you how big I am. And how much, even though how big this is, I love you. I care for you. I see what you're going through. I know you. I know your thoughts. I know your heart. I know the things that people have said to you. But even though those things have happened, I love you. I care for you. I've never left you. I, I just want to encourage you that don't give up on him, don't blame him for the things that are going on in your world. Don't blame him for that. That is sin. We lived in a corrupt and chaotic world that was God's perfect creation was caused by sin. But he still loved you. He still does and always will. Receive his love. Receive his kindness. Receive his forgiveness. Let's pray. Father, let's pray for those within our, our community, across our church. Uh, Father, that have may not experience your transformational love. Father, let us pray that we would just look up, look around and see your beautiful creation and know that you are God. Know that you are real. You know, Father, I just pray as we go through this series that you will saturate us with your love. That we will be an overflow of your love. I pray that the people around us, when we are talking, um, you know, within our church, but outside of our church, that they will see the love of God in our lives. They will see this uh, just difference. It's just not normal. And I pray, Father, that as a church, we are known for our love, our love for people, our care, our compassion, our mercy, our forgiveness. I pray, Father, that love is going to transform hearts. I pray that it's going to transform our hearts. Because you are love. You love us. Even though all the things that we have done, even though that we have turned our back on you, even though that you are perfect, you love us so much, you're willing to send your son to us. In Jesus' name, amen.